This is Tom Quilter, Public Defender. I've been asked to give a short seminar about sentencing in drug supply cases and especially how the law has been affected by a recent decision of Parente. And the citation for that case is Parente, P-A-R-E-N-T-E -E and R, 2017, New South Wales CCA 284 decision from 29 November 2017. The topics that I'll address is I'll first say something about the law before the case of Parente, then I'll say something about the decision of Parente itself, and then finish up with some practical lessons for legal aid lawyers that can be taken away from the decision. So dealing firstly with the background, before the case of Parente, drug supply cases in New South Wales were affected by what was conveniently described as the Clark Principle. It was called that because it was referred to in a case called Clark from 1990, even though that case is not the origin of the rule. And the rule basically says that anyone who is substantially involved in the supply of prohibited drugs must go to jail unless there are exceptional circumstances. And that rule was applied for many years between 1990 right up until very recently, including in late 2016 by the New South Wales Court of Criminal Appeal and what that seemed to mean was that drug supply cases in recent years were dealt with very differently to cases for all other offences. For other offences judges and magistrates would look at all of the circumstances of a case and consider whether or not or they would consider an appropriate penalty and that would involve making sure that all options were considered before anybody was sent to jail. Drug supply cases seem to be dealt with quite differently in that the judges or magistrates would simply ask is the person involved in drug trafficking or drug supply to a substantial degree? And if the answer to that is yes, then they would immediately determine that full-time jail was the appropriate penalty unless they were persuaded that something exceptional would justify a different outcome. There was some disagreement with that principle over the years by a number of judges, and those comments have been recorded in the decision of Parente, but the most prominent of those comments came from Justice Simpson in a decision called Robertson from 2017, where Her Honour questioned whether the rule should continue to apply, especially in light of what's been said by the New South Wales Parliament and by the High Court. Justice Simpson said that in questioning whether the rule in Clark should continue that 
before it could be overturned, there would need to be a consideration of the rule by the New South Wales Court of Criminal Appeal constituted by a five-judge bench or by the High Court. Following the decision in Robertson, a young man called Mr Parente was sentenced in the district court for supplying drugs. And Mr Parente uh, was sent to jail by the district court judge for a period of four years with a non-parole period of two years. Mr Parente's case was relatively serious, but he had an outstanding subjective case in that he was a former criminal law solicitor and he had a lot of very favourable features about him. When he appeared in the district court, the judge applied the ruling clerk and the judge quickly came to the view that the case involved drug trafficking to a substantial degree and the only relevant question in his case was whether or not exceptional circumstances justified what his lawyer was asking for, which was an intensive corrections order. The judge disagreed that the case was sufficiently exceptional to justify an alternative to full-time imprisonment, and for that reason, the judge sent him to jail for the term that I mentioned. Mr Parente appealed against that decision and when the matter was listed for appeal, the Court of Criminal Appeal eventually constituted a five-judge bench to have a closer look at what Justice Simpson had said in Robertson and to consider the question of whether or not the ruling clerk should continue to apply or whether or not it should be overturned. The decision in Parente um, is very comprehensive and goes through the background of a lot of decisions before Clark, including a lot from the 1970s. And then they talk about legislative and judicial developments in more recent times. Eventually the court said that the Clark rule uh, should not be followed and should not be applied in the future. The court said that it dictated the path that a judge must take when sentencing someone for drug supply in a drug supply case. And they said that that was impermissible because it did not give judges and magistrates the proper flexibility in dealing with each individual case on its own merits. So from this point on, the decision in Clark should no longer be applied. After the court said that the Clark principle should no longer apply, the court set out a number of factors that should be kept in mind when judges or magistrates sentence people for drug supply offences. There were four matters that the court gave particular attention to. The first one is that they said that judges or magistrates in dealing with drug supply cases need to be particularly mindful of two of the purposes of sentencing. One is general deterrence 
and the second is the protection of the community from the offender. The second thing they said is that judges and magistrates need to be mindful of the legislative guideposts being the maximum penalties and the standard on parole periods, which typically in drug supply cases are reasonably high. Thirdly, the court said that Justice Simpson's observation in Robertson, where Her Honor said that a review of many cases indicates that imprisonment will ordinarily be imposed when someone is substantially involved in drug supply was a correct observation. And the final point that the court made was that judges and magistrates need to be mindful of the rule in Section 5 of the Crime Sentencing and Procedure Act, which effectively prohibits a court from imposing a sentence of imprisonment unless all other options have been considered and discarded. In making that final observation, the court reiterated the proper approach to coming to the view that jail is appropriate. The inquiry starts with whether or not any form of imprisonment is appropriate. The second inquiry is, if so, how long should the jail sentence be? And the third inquiry is whether or not an alternative to full-time imprisonment is appropriate in the particular case. So that is, in a nutshell, what the court decided in Parente. And it's useful to think about what can be taken from this case for legal aid lawyers moving forward into the future because it does seem that the most important lesson from Parente is that drug supply cases, instead of being dealt with differently to most other crimes, now should be dealt with in a very similar way to other crimes where judges and magistrates have a lot of flexibility before deciding on an appropriate sentence and that they should only determine their appropriate sentence by taking into account all the factors in what's often described as a, a process of instinctive synthesis rather than some form of two-staged or two-tiered approach. So the four practical lessons that I've chosen to identify these. The first one is that whenever you're appearing for someone and the Crown is referring to previous cases or previous statistics involving drug supply matters, it's important to be especially cautious about reliance on those earlier cases because there's a real chance that the earlier cases that is any between 1990 and about halfway through 2017, were affected by what is known as the Clark Principle. And the sentences may have had a different outcome had the judge or magistrate in those individual cases not applied the Clark Principle. The second lesson to take is that 
it's important to note that the court said that general deterrence and the protection of the community from the, the offender are generally important considerations in drug supply cases and therefore I think it's important to try and address those issues if it's possible. So for example if there's a particular reason why your individual client is not a suitable vehicle for general deterrence then that might have a significant difference in what the appropriate punishment is for your particular client. Similarly, when it comes to addressing the protection of the community, it might be that your client is no longer a threat to the community because of the reform that the client has demonstrated since the offence. Or it might be that the best way to protect the community from your client in the future is to ensure that they continue on a path of rehabilitation and that that might be best achieved in the particular case by not sending your client to jail. The third lesson to take from this case is that a moment ago I mentioned the observation of Justice Simpson that in ordinary cases there may well be um, a sentence of imprisonment in dealing with that observation, it's important that judges and magistrates don't fall back into the earlier practice of applying the Clark principle. So whatever the accuracy of that observation is, it's very important that it never becomes a means of dictating a path that a sentencing judge or magistrate must take. The fourth and final lesson that I think can be taken from the case is that every time the New South Wales Parliament or the Australian High Court says something about the law, it's important to go back to what's previously been said in earlier de decisions to see if those earlier decisions are consistent with the more recent developments. It seems that the Clark principle survived for a long time, even though it did at face value appear to be inconsistent with some of the things that had been inserted into the New South Wales Crime Sentencing and Procedure Act and inconsistent with what the High Court had said in a number of decisions since 1990. That concludes my seminar. I hope this has been useful. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact me at the Public Defenders.